podcast time. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barra Carlin, and with me today, I have just myself. Uh, we're going to be doing one of those special episodes where I didn't book a guest because I knew I wasn't going to be in Dublin, and I was like, this is probably, this is probably easier because I'm going to be in London, and the reason why I'm going to be in London is because I'm going to be seeing Joji, and the reason why I'm seeing Joji is because it's my birthday and I was going to treat myself. And uh, that's what we're doing. So when this episode comes out, I'll be over there going to see it. It'll be out on the 17th. Um, and then afterwards, I'll be going to see a band called Cloud Rat, who I absolutely adore as well. And I'm just after seeing uh, By Curious play in the Soundhouse, which was just a phenomenal show. Uh, so my ears are kind of ringing. And then when I get back, I'm seeing Death Heaven. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to be deaf by the end of this week. It's not going to be good for me at all. Um, by the way, by curious for real. Um, I'm not just saying this was a fantastic show. I did not know Taryn could sing like that. The new songs are going to be Whopper. Speaking of Whopper bands, and I don't think I've ever used that word on the podcast, and I'm never going to use it again. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have an exclusive for the podcast before we get the episode going, which is pretty awesome. Um, remember the band Lethal Black Goose that I absolutely love and adore, and I've mentioned them quite a bit on the podcast, and they've been on the podcast, and Andy's pretty awesome. <laughs> So it's Annie McGurk, uh, Jamie Highland, and Ian Faulkner. It's their band. Um, they have a new single out, and I was already like a super fan of the first two singles they've released. Um, I like to feel all right and something on her mind. Now they have a new one, so they've done the trifecta. They've done three awesome singles in a row. <laughs> Very few bands do that, and it's called All the Same, and it's going to be out on the twenty first of August, two thousand three. Obviously, um, I don't know why I read that. I have the press release in front of me. <laughs> obviously it's going to be out <laughs> this year but um yeah it's a fantastic song i've seen the band played twice and i've seen this song twice and each time it was class so it's awesome to see that it's the latest single but uh annie was very kind i'm going to take this as annie giving me a birthday present by the way that i'm allowed to play this so we're going to play just a small teaser of the song just like a 30 second teaser um just to get them going and then uh, i have some tour dates that the band are doing two tour dates afterwards that i'll release but um i'm not releasing them they've already announced them but Anyway, uh, yes, brand new single from Lethal Black Goose. It's a class song by a fantastic band. Uh, here it is. by Lethal Black Goose and if you want to catch them live you can see them play the Grand Social with Chinese Football on August 21st which should be an amazing show I will be at it I would highly recommend seeing a Lethal Black Goose live by the way they're very 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 good and uh, they'll also be playing Luca Records in Waterford City on August 26th with Rising Damp so that's that little sneak preview that was a first I think for the podcast which was awesome so uh, <laughs> so yeah like I said it's going to be my birthday when this episode comes out I was like fuck it let's try and find an album that came out around the same time that uh, I was born. Uh, <laughs> that said around like maybe 30 years or something. Or And the album that I actually found, you probably heard me mention them quite a few times on this podcast, if you listen to it a bit, is a band called Typo Negative and the album Bloody Kisses, which is, in my opinion, one of the best albums, metal albums of the 90s. I know people will disagree with me full-heartedly on that, but uh, it's an album I absolutely adore. And it happened to come out on the 17th of August, which is my actual birthday, but it was 1993. I was born in 1994, so I'm not quite 30 yet. Although that Bo Burnham song is coming very quickly. But um, 
So yeah, I was like, fuck it, I'll do the episode on that and see how it goes. And I just couldn't really find that much um, studio information on it, if that makes sense. Now, by the way, I will caveat this, uh, this episode will not be as long as the Death Heaven one. It's going to be a little bit more succinct. But, because um, <laughs> that one was like an hour and 15 minutes. But um, it's, it was longer than the damn album. But, uh, so, I was like, okay, find another one, find another one. And the album that I actually found was... Sorry, just adjusting my chair. The album they actually found was uh, Follow the Leader by Korn. It's 25 years, which is Korn's third album. Now, if you're not familiar with that album, it's the one with Freak on a Leash on it, and it also has Got the Life on it. It's the one where they kind of really... Like, while the first albums were kind of dark, and they really were a pioneering band, like, I think Korn get a lot of shit on it, on them. And, like, I, I get it. I do understand it, but where some people come from but at the same time I think Korn are a phenomenal band and I particularly think um, they're kind of underrated as well like uh, don't hate me but they were one of the pioneers of the new metal sound yeah I think they're a fantastic band um, but this, the third album Follow the Leader is the one where they really leaned into the hip hop side of things the hip hop side of new metal like there's rapping on it there's a song with Ice Cube on it um, I'm not saying it's all good <laughs> um it's still, and it's still very dark. Like the first two albums, like the first album particularly, the first Corn album is, Life is Peachy's pretty heavy at points, but the first album is, like we, I don't know if anybody's a Corn fan listening to this, but there's a song called Daddy on the first album that is traumatizing, uh, to say the least, even by now. Basically, Jonathan Davis has a nervous breakdown in the studio talking about when he was sexually assaulted as a child and the band just hit record and just let him have a breakdown in the recording studio yeah and I was listening to that when I was like nine not good (laughs) not good at all um very heavy album so the third album is kind of more of their as I said hip-hop leaning but they're kind of like it's a lot bouncier if that makes sense like there's kind of a there's a weird kind of poppy oomph to it in points particularly in like songs like got the life um but uh, yeah, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'll do, I'll do, follow the leader, I'll do, I'll do that." And uh, I re-listened to it, and I was like, "This is this album is so problematic." <laughs> uh, I don't even know if you could say it's age. There's some really good songs on it. There are some fantastic songs on it, but there's so- other songs on it that you're like, "What in God's name were you thinking doing that?" Particularly the rap battle with Fred Durst <laughs> on All in the Family. Particularly that song. Um. And it still has, like, it has songs on it. Like, um, there's a couple of songs that I won't be talking about. I certainly will not be talking about the song Pretty. Um, if you want to know what that song's about, you can go ahead and look it up yourself. But it's just disgusting. So it's a, it's kind of an all-over-there, stylistically, tonally uh, album. But it was, like, the like it was a huge breakthrough album for Gordon. Not a breakthrough album, but it really set them up on the map. Like, I think the music videos for Got the Life and Freak on a Leash, which we'll be talking about in great detail, um... They were like the first ever videos that MTV had to retire, as in they wouldn't play them on MTV anymore because they've requested so much. And they were also so popular that they knocked off. I was watching the Loudwire clip on it. They were talking about it. They they actually knocked off like bands like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys off the video charts because it was so popular. I think it hit number five in the UK Billboard charts, which is, you know, the UK one, not even the American one. So it was a pretty landmark album. But uh, yeah, geez, All in the Family was the first single off that album. That was a bad first single, dude. <laughs> I just seen it here. That was a bad first single. No. 
no, 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 no. It really is a bad song. But yeah, Follow the Leader is kind of, how would you describe it in terms of, like with for starters, the the actual, the album title comes from the fact that they Korn just found that there was bands copying them all the time. Now, whether you agree with it or not that there were, um, certainly they had an impact. I don't know if people were copying them exactly the way, but even that's kind of a kind of a hip hop thing. You know, there's this kind of thing in hip hop where you're saying you're the greatest all the time. That's kind of a, <laughs> I just noticed that now myself. But um, it was produced by Steve Thompson and Toby Wright. Toby Wright was famous for doing uh, work with like bands like Metallica and Seven Dust, I think was another one. And Steve Thompson was famous for doing stuff with Wu-Tang Clang. And John Lennon, apparently, I'm just reading here, and Madonna. So interesting. And Guns N' Roses, too. So uh, two interesting producers. They used to work with, um, what's his name? Ross Robinson did the original ones who kind of created the new metal sound. Well, not recreated it, but he was definitely one of the landmark producers of it. But so for this one, they went with a different producer. Um, it's actually, the album actually has 25 tracks, which is really weird because you normally only see 13. But um, yeah, it has, it originally has 25 for whatever bizarre reason. I think the general consensus is because it's a minute long. So those tracks make up um, five seconds of silence each in the last minute is that it's a tribute to Justin who was a fan that died of cancer before the album could come out which is also one of the guys that the sorry he is the person that the song Justin is based off so uh, that's the prevailing theory yeah and songs on it like like just even just looking at this It's On is a great opener Freak on a Leash obviously one of the most famous corn songs of all time Got the Life is one of my personal favourite corn, uh, corn songs Dead Bodies Everywhere is a song about Jonathan Davis working in a he worked in a morgue when he was 17 which is a reoccurring thing that comes up quite a bit it's what the song Pretty is about as well but it's a very Pretty is about a specific thing that happened in the morgue um, BBK is one of the song titles which was also a single which um, I always forget that Korn, I never realized until looking up this album that, you know, Korn use a K for everything. So BBC, you can probably figure out what that means. Real mature stuff, real mature, tasteful. Um, All in the Family with Fred Durst is one of the most questionable songs I've ever heard. <laughs> Reclaim My Place is a good song. Justin is a song that was named after a fan who, I think he died before he got to meet them, but his life is... His um his final wish was that he got to meet Corn. Then there's a there's a song on it called Cameltosis. Like, what is this album? <laughs> and then my gift to you has a hidden track at the end, which is Earache My Eye, which is a Cheech and Chong song that actually features, I think, uh it features audio from Cheech in it. But uh yeah, anyway. And I think one of the main things I should point out as well about how I actually discovered this album, we'll go into the Freak on a Leash music video a little bit further. But um it was when I was watching like Kerrang when I was like I think we wouldn't be watching it like when I was like 8 or 9 or 11 whatever I didn't buy the album until much later because I thought Korn were fucking weird the first time I heard them but um, I was watching this cartoon called Spawn and I was reading the comics as well which again I don't know how I got my hands on Spawn comics or was allowed to watch the show I wasn't allowed to watch the show I know that because it was on Cartoon Network, Cartoon Network X at like 10 o'clock at night and I was somehow able to watch it. I think my uncle let me watch it a few times. So Killian, if you're listening, bad parenting. But um, <laughs> a very adult cartoon. It was made by HBO, uh, starring Keith Davis, uh, Spawn. But um, I remember watching the... Uh, it had a very distinct art style. Uh, very distinct. I remember watching the Freakin' Unleashed music video. And it starts off with this cartoon. I was like, this is the fucking same animation from Spawn. And sure enough, it turns out later that... 
uh, Todd McFarlane illustrated the um, front cover for the album and he also directed the music video. But uh, so that's what made me watch it. And then like, you know, Jonathan Davis starts barking at a bullet. (laughs) You're like, what the hell is this? You know, when you're that young. (laughs) But it resonated. It did resonate. But um, by the way, Spawn is uh, Todd McFarlane. Obviously, the illustrator for Spawn. He's also the guy who kind of helped make Venom famous in the Spider-Man comics. I don't think he came up with the idea. I think a fan submitted the idea as part of some competition. If if I remember it correctly, I'm not 100% sure, but definitely Todd McFarlane was like one of the main artists behind that. Um, him and Rob Liefeld were the two big, big, big up-and-coming artists at the time, back in the 90s. But anyway, that's that's not that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we're here to talk about corn. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll get into the album. I think like we should probably point out just the mindset that Korn were in. So they, the first two albums, as I said, Life is Peachy and um, the self-titled were very dark, like tonally, completely, like really dark, as in the music itself, the actual instrumentations and everything was quite dark. Um, this album is kind of their more, it's almost like their like fuck you money uh, album, if that makes sense. So, and you can see it in like even the way they were, they're wearing all the Adidas tracksuits, which they did before, but they're like purple and they're not wearing black all the time. And there's just, this is, and even just in the music, there's this kind of fucking real hip hop vibe to it. It's like they really embraced it. And it, it, I think for the, for, for some part it worked, other parts it's very questionable. <laughs> but as I said, the title came from people were copying them all the time. So that's what the whole point of that was. I think Freak on a Leash is about record labels and stuff like that. But so as I said, Ross Robinson was the producer for the first two albums. Um, he wasn't the producer for the second album, but he was still giving um, Jonathan Davis vocal lessons. But the other thing that I just, I was just reading it here. He, apparently he was, <laughs> apparently he used to beat the shit out of Jonathan Davis while they were, while they were recording. So here's a quote from Robinson describing it. He was like, uh, uh, I put the microphone on the floor, put Jonathan on all fours and stood over his middle part. My hands are on him, on his shoulder muscles. And I told him, sing and I f- feel you holding back. I'm going to fucking hurt you. <laughs> that was the recording process. On top of this, apparently the band were getting absolutely langered all the time while making it. They reportedly spent $60,000 on alcohol alone, on top of all the other stuff as well. <laughs> so kind of a weird fucking... Uh, atmosphere I would say to making an album <laughs> we were 25 to 28 years old so it was a pretty party central this is head Brian Welch head um, I think Brian plays guitar in the band but he's known as head anyway there was a lot of alcohol thousands and thousands of dollars we were out of control when you party so hard at that age it's a lot of fun but the beginning of a lot of messed up lives but it was the beginning of a lot of messed up lives by the way I am reading from Loudwire's top 10 facts about follow the follow the leader which is very interesting Loudwire do some good articles um <laughs> but $60,000 it like when they finished recording the album Jonathan Davis went into rehab it, it kind of got ridiculous so that's kind of like the mindset you're looking at while they're making this um but uh yeah well I think we'll get into we'll get into the first song so the first song is it's on which is a good intro. We'll get, we'll play.
pretty solid intro, I think. But what should be pointed out is you do kind of get where the band were going. Like Horn always did have kind of a bizarre instrumentation, particularly with Fieldy's bass. I don't know if you could hear it, just that kind of real clang, um, which is not what it sounds like at all. But you know what I mean? It's that clanging noise. But like, I feel with Follow the Leader, the band like experimented a lot more, certainly with definitely noise instruments. Um, the, the drums kind of have more of this hoppiness to them that I quite like. Uh, but also there's kind of like there's at certain points in the album you'll hear it as the album goes on um, it has like industrial elements into it at least I think so anyway like I got kind of like strapping young lad vibes at some point in the album as well when I was re-listening to it but anyway that's it's on now I'm going to go through what this song's about because again this was a song that I listened to as a young boy now I will say it's funny I keep mentioning the whole listen to this uh, as a youngin and all that kind of Karen. I remember going like I was giving out about modern music with kids. I th- and I was just like, God, I wish like they're listening to this stuff that's on the radio it was crazy these days. Or and uh, a friend had to remind me. It goes, uh, Yeah, we grew up in an era of Eminem. So <laughs> there must have just been I don't know what it was just in the naughties. Kids must have just gravitated. I think they always will. Kind of something that's controversial, but I certainly gravitas towards stuff like this. But I had no, I never knew what this one was about until I looked it up today. Apparently, you know, like when he's saying, Jonathan Davis is saying, save some for me. It's what I like. It's him talking about while he was recording songs for this, there's an oral sex orgy going on in the vocal booth with him. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I just thought it was about like it's on like oh something's on like the kettle or something I don't know I don't know I literally had no idea what it's about but anyway that's that's the that's the opener <laughs> we're gonna move into uh, the second song now as I said I'm not gonna do every song I won't do every song I just wanna do the ones that kind of like of our of intrigue to me so like the ones that I will not be talking about I don't really wanna talk about BBK that much I might talk about it Um, I certainly won't be talking about Pretty or um, Dead Bodies Everywhere. They're kind of self-explanatory songs, but well, de- pretty isn't, but as I said, I really don't want to talk about that one. Um, but we'll get through. But anyway, yeah, we're going to talk about the song that uh, really, 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 really got me into Corn, um, which is Freak on a Leash. Now, this song is, I think this is a phenomenal song. I really do. I think this is one of their best songs. I think people would be trying very hard to disagree with me um supposedly it's about um basically being just toured around like a freak by you know record companies and corporate media and all that kind of carry on which is kind of a reoccurring theme in a lot of corn songs like they famously wrote y'all want a single say fuck that because um the record label were like you have to write us a single so they wrote the biggest kind of middle finger to record companies you could possibly write but uh yeah that's freak unleash but freak unleash i think most people probably know it for it having the um if you're not a corn fan famously the band scat i think it's what it's called like you know like in jazz but um they do it like with a metal thing <laughs> and it's one of the most bizarre things i've ever like i remember they're hearing the first the hearing it the first time and you're just like what the hell it's same with the song twist which is on um i think that's on the beginning of it's life is peachy i think twist is on but um isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I think it opens up Life is Peachy, but yeah, this is... A <laughs> but I do love this song. I think this is a fantastic song. So 
hear his corns freak on a leash and you get to hear the scat. And this is what made me go like, is he barking at a bullet? Because famously there's a bullet going through the music video of Freak on a Leash through all these different things and corner playing it and he just starts going blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you'll hear it now it's it's mental So yeah, that was, that was uh, Freak on a Leash, which was the theme tune of my childhood for quite some time. That and like bands like Papa Roach, for for sure, I cannot wait. Um, Getting Away with Murder turns, uh, I think it turns 25 next year. Does it turn 25? That will be an album, or maybe 20 years, I think. Yeah, 2004. So 20 years. That will be a fun one to do. <laughs> Now, the next song for this is Got The Life, which, as I said, I think I said at the beginning of the episode, this is easily one of my all-time favorite corn songs. This song is class. And as I said, again, they had to retire the music video for this. So I don't know if anybody remembers the music video. Like, I think they drive a Ferrari into a gorge and blow it up. And then it's like Jonathan Davis going down smashing someone's guitar, not guitar, camera with the baseball bat, the, the media. But um, essentially what the song is about is... It's about basically people copying the band, which I think I've mentioned quite a bit. Yeah, people were copying the band. The band were fucking sick of it. So it's a fuck you. Um, it has one of the most bouncy rhythmic. I think it's one of the most bouncy rhythmic songs that Korn have ever made. I I love it so much. But the music video is definitely worth checking out. But um, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I'm gonna like. I don't really have a crazy amount to say, but I should. Like, I make a whole episode about this. But um, yeah. It is, it's one of those things, I remember seeing it for the first time, the music video for the first time, and I just instantly was like, I love this band, I really do, there's something super cool about them. <laughs> With the Adidas tracksuits walking the dog, it's class. But um, yeah, just the, I think this is where Korn really came into their own, like it's such a, like the video as well is like it's such a bizarre, like it's like saturated in colour, um, the song is so pop oriented apparently the beat's based off a disco beat i'm not sure i'm not sure how true that is but that's what i'm reading right here in front of me because i just googled it but um yeah this has got the life by corn i love this song such a good song it's one of the it's one of the main reasons to go back and listen to the album it's just just to hear it. it's the third song on the album but uh yeah class <laughs> got the life but go watch the video seriously the video's class watch it watch it watch it watch it
so the next one is Dead Bodies Everywhere, which like I'm not going to play, but it's ba- it's basically um, I think it's Jonathan Davis. I think he's arguing with his dad. I know, but he's he's arguing with one of his parents. I'm pretty sure that it's his dad over because um, he was working in a morgue at the time uh, at 17 years of age, and apparently he saw some very heinous stuff, which is what the song Pretty is about. Uh, but uh, he did he basically wanted to be a musician. And, you know, the usual conversation of like, oh, you'll never make it. He was having that with his dad. So that's what Dead Bodies Everywhere. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of a strange one. Like, John the Davis used a lot of like childlike lyrics in his, in his lyrics. Like he goes, you really want me to be a good son. Um, like all this kind of like good little boy kind of things that kind of go on in it. But yeah, the Dead Bodies Everywhere, it's an all right song. It's not one of their best. But uh, the song that's after it is um, Children of the Corn with Ice Cube. Wait till you hear this song. This is fantastic. And again, this is, as I said, Corn really laying into the um, the hip-hop world. Obviously, like, they're getting Ice Cube, <laughs> arguably probably one of the biggest rappers in the world at the time, 1998. Ice Cube is definitely still on top of his game at that point. Now, I will play, I would play the beginning of the song, but I kind of want you to hear... Ice Cube actually rapping, but the beginning starts off with like a child's toy, um, and then Jonathan Davis. It's just, it's such a strange song, but I do want you to hear Ice Cube rapping over a corn beat, so that's what we're going to do. So this song is called Children of the Corn. Um, an odd pairing. Even when I was like a, like a young teenager, I did think that this was an odd song. So yeah, that was Children of the Corn. Now, as I said, like I'm not I don't really know if I like that song or not. Um, but I will say what's kind of cool about it, and I think you gotta give credit where credit's due with um with corn and with new metal in general, that it was trying to expand its horizons of the genre. Like I think a lot of people would say that kind of metal at the time maybe kind of not really getting stagnant, like there was a lot of great nineties heavy metal bands like Acid Bath and Typo Negative and, you know, all that. But, like, it really, they were taking a leap. So you got to give credit where credit due to get somebody like Ice Cube, like, the f- the forefront of 90s hip-hop onto a metal tune is kind of cool. It is kind of cool. Whether the song was good or not, it's, it's a pretty cool thing to do. But um, in my opinion, and you can argue with me all you want, and you may win, because I'm not very good at arguing with people, um, especially when I'm wrong. But... Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, the next song on the album is BBK. Now, as I said, we all know what it stands for. Um, this is another song. I don't. I, will I play it? I can play it. So um, it's another song about Jonathan Davis suffering very bad. As I said at the beginning of the episode, he does suffer very bad with his mental health. But he's very, very open about it. And but he describes it, his his description of the song here is is. But he goes, it's about me dealing with the pressures of this album and how and how how I, you know, I'm trying to kill myself, but you know, do I really want to kill myself? Things I'm just questioning myself. Most of this is self-structured. But um, it's another song where, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can, that, that industrial vibe to it. But I also think it does have that kind of like, that cool hip hop influence in it as well. Um, so I'll play like a little tiny, I'll play a little snippet of it. It's a decent song. 
Um, although the apparent that the, the title BBK, which as a as I said, corn to every C with a K because they're edgy. Uh, that's what apparently Jonathan Davis calls a Jack and Coke, supposedly. <laughs> Oh god, the nineties were fucking weird. But anyway, here's BBK by Corner. Play a tiny bit of it. We're getting close to the end of the episode. As I said, I don't want to keep it too long. I can see it's coming to a half an hour, but yeah, this is BBK by Corn. So we're getting close to the end of the album. Uh, well, actually, technically we're halfway there because there are 14 songs in it. But the next song's Pretty. Now, as I said, I don't want to talk about Pretty, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to look it up, look it up. But the next, the next song is one of the most jarring songs I have ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> it is really one of those songs where, like, there's two massive bands, two huge bands, and you're just kind of going like. <laughs> What the hell were you guys thinking? So it's it's um, obviously it's Jonathan Davis from Corn doing a rap battle with um, Fred Durst off uh, Limp Bizkit, and they're just throwing just the most heinous, disgusting, but also like super corny insults at each other. Besides all the homophobic slurs, which there are a lot of them, not cool, fellas, um, not good at all. Uh, it's just. <laughs> You would never get away with making this on now. Genuinely, in today's climate, not all hope. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Jonathan Davis himself has actually gone on records talking about how stupid the song is. Um, I think it's one of the, it's his least favorite song off the album. I think it's his least favorite song the band has ever made, which is not really too hard. Yeah, it, it is. It's his le- I'm just looking it up here. It's his least favorite song the band ever made. Where's the quote that he has about him talking about? It's so funny. Yeah, he goes, all, all in the Family is the worst song ever. It's horrible. We were all drunk in the studio and was trying to rap. At the time, we were having a good time, but now I just cringe. I've got nothing against Fred. It just sucks. And we were out of our minds drunks. It shouldn't have been on the record. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> For such like a critically acclaimed album, and it is a critically acclaimed album, how this made it on, I don't know. But they, they did a whole feckin' tour based around the song title. So... They couldn't have they, they couldn't have disliked it that much at the time, but um, that was the All in the Family or We Are a Family tour. I can't remember what the name of it was, but it was the one that they went on, Family Values tour, which I think Eminem was on as well. I think Eminem did a few shows on. I think Papa Roach might have done one or two shows on it too. But um, yeah, this is this is the, this is the song that when I was re-listening to the album, I was like, okay re-listen to the album put this on put this on it because it's just so strange it's really such a bizarre song anyway I'm going to stop rambling I'll, I'll play it now <laughs> oh I'm gonna fuck you up twice throwing rhymes at me like oh shit alright but they you better run run while you can can never fuck me up this get at least I got a fat original Who's not? You best step back. Corn on the cop. You need a new job. Time to take the mic skills. 
back to the dentist and buy yourself a new grill. Your pumpkin pie, I'll jack off in your eye. Climbing shoes and ladders while your ego shatters. But you just can't get away because it's doomsday, kid. It's doomsday. Yeah, that song should never have happened. Alcohol is one hell of a drug. <laughs> I forgot that Jonathan Davis has a grill. I actually do. He, you see it in the Coming Undone video. Apparently he has to wear it. You know, he gets a slag by Jonathan David, by Fred Durst in that song about his teeth. Supposedly it damages two front teeth and go around biting everybody. But, um... <laughs> But yeah, it's just such a weird song because it has like, it, it doesn't have it when Jonathan Davis is rapping, but when when Fred Durst is rapping, Jonathan Davis just keeps like chiming in with these weird comments. Um, and by the way, that that part of the song was the safest part I probably could have played. It's, yeah. God, as I keep saying, the 90s are so bizarre. But, uh... <laughs> So yeah, the next song on the album is uh, Reclaim My Place, which is song track number nine. Um, it's a really, I actually quite like this song. I do think this is a good song. It really showcases the, as I keep saying, the, this doesn't really come across as a metal song quite a bit. In my opinion, it comes across as quite hip-hop oriented. Um, you're probably going to listen to it and go away, really. But it's one of the songs that Jonathan Davis had. He has a lot of songs about bullying. And this one particularly, like he was bullied, he was bullied quite horrifically when he was in school. Um, if you listen to the first album, there's quite a lot of songs about it. But um, you got to remember, I think he's 25 when he made this, which is nuts, I think. I think he's about 25, 24. So yeah, this song was like one of those ones where he, he was bullied a lot because, you know, as I said, he was different. He wore eyeliner. He was mad into The Cure, particularly. Like, there's actually a fantastic um, video. It's an acoustic video. I think it's actually in, like an MTV Unplugged, I think. There's one where they do one with Amy Lee, but the one I'm referring to is where they swap songs. So Jonathan Davis sings a corn, sings a cure song, and Robert Smith sings uh, "Make Me Bad," or ADC sings parts of it, and it's it's pretty sweet. I I quite liked it, um, but uh, yeah, so he's bullied quite a bit. So this song's kind of one of those like "fuck you, I've made it" type of songs. I quite like it. The um, it does have Jonathan Davis uh, shouting "What the fuck." <laughs> at you for about 40 seconds <laughs> towards the end of it <laughs> but I guess I'll, pl- I'll play the kind of as they said the more kind of hip hop oriented parts of the song I'm so dumb therefore I can't relate I'm so dumb now it's nothing to hate really is it me or is it fate give me peace or release for fuck I know I said more hip hop oriented, but uh, it's, it's as hip oriented as a as a heavy metal song can get on this album can get. Um, we're coming to like I should finish this up now, but uh, let's see the next song that is is that's Justin. That's um, that's the song that's dedicated to the that the song title is dedicated to the fan who passed away from cancer who wanted to meet them of a young fan. Um, it's a pretty cool song. It does have like some kind of it has one of the th- thickest bass guitar lines. Uh, on the album that I really, 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 really enjoy. It has this kind of horror kind of 
it's quite a daunting song, which I suppose is what it's meant to be about. Like, supposedly it's it's Jonathan Davis reacting to this idea that, you know, why are we special? This this child is dying. Like, it's a child that's dying and his last wish is to meet Corn. Like, why are we special? I would imagine it's quite a shocking thing to find out. But um, I guess this will be one of the last songs that I play because the next songs that are playing that are on are Seed, which is a very, very, very good song. Then Camel Tosis, which I can't believe I'm even saying that word, which is with a rapper called Slim Kid. And then I think we'll finish it off. Yeah, I'll play Justin and then I'll show you guys um, Eric My Eye, which is the Cheech and Chong cover. And then we'll finish up. Then we'll be in a tight 40 minutes. <laughs> but yeah, this is the song Justin, dedicated to the fan. <laughs> pretty it's a pretty dark song um i do think the instrumentation in it's pretty pretty awesome uh but yeah no i i wouldn't i can't imagine what that's like weighing on your head especially when you're writing an album at that young of an age you know that you've had that profound effect on somebody but um yeah anyway the next song is uh, we have to move on so the next song is seed uh which is a decent song it's a good corn song um good class chorus but um, I do want to finish up because I'm very conscious of the fact that we're about to hit 40 minutes. I don't want to don't want to extend anybody else's time. Uh, but uh, yeah, the song after that's Camel Tosis, and then there's a song "My Gift to You," which um, I forgot that Eric May I is actually a bonus track. It's a hidden track on "My Gift to You." Um, now, "My Gift to You" is probably one of the most disturbing songs I think Corn have ever written. It's like a it's some weird fucking yeah, so basically Jonathan Davis's girlfriend at the time had a fantasy where he'd kill her. So then he wrote a song about killing her and then doing stuff with the... Cor- I, I'm not getting into it. But it is one of those things I was like, why do, why do songs like this have to be on the album? <sighs> Just fucking... It actually annoys me. It pisses me off, I'll be honest with you. But um, kind of a bummer to the end of the album. But then it's it's followed by... The Cheech and Chong song, <laughs> my Eric, my eye, which which is what we'll finish on, which is just a bizarre closer to follow a song like My Gift to You, which is like, it's just strange. Corn one of those bands that I kind of sometimes forget that I don't want to dabble into them. Like the 90s were weird. There was so much kind of edgy, especially in the 90s as well. Just this kind of let's be as shock horror as possible. Like even with, you know, the comic books some of the comic books that came out in the 90s like just some of the books some of the albums that were famous everybody trying to go ooh it was a strange strange time but yeah I want to play a little bit of Eric My Eye because it is a very 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 strange song and then and then we'll say our farewells
that was we played a good bit of Follow the Leader that album Leave it to Corn to leave an incredibly dark album with a Cheech and Chong uh, comedy skits on cover but yeah that was Follow the Leader um, thank you for listening to the whole episode um, I still don't know what to make of that album I really don't I know I kind of just played the songs and gave my two cents on each one but um, I think it's it's a very strange album like there's some parts on it you're like you can get behind it and then other lyrics and stuff and just tonally it's it really is all over the place but look it's still a famous album it still has songs like Freak on a Leash on it and Got the Life which are I think Korn still play them to this day um, but uh, yeah it's I guess anyway what the, all I just want to say is that thank you so much for listening to this little birthday bonus episode as it is it is a bonus episode I will be back I'm doing I'm, I think if we're if, if, it, if it all goes ahead I'll be I'll have a pretty pretty awesome band on the podcast next week which will be pretty sick but um, yeah I just want to thank you by the way I want to thank Lethal Black Ooze again for allowing me to play that teaser that was on um, get tickets to go see them should be amazing playing the Grand Social in Dublin on the 21st and then playing Wexford on the 26th but uh, yeah thank you very very much for listening I hope you've enjoyed it um, I know it's a weird episode especially because like I don't know if I like the album <laughs> but um, yeah anyway peace out we'll be back next week with an interview guest um, I hope uh, but if we do it'll be, it's going to be a class one but uh, yeah happy week everybody Talk to you later. I'm going to go celebrate my birthday. Bye-bye.